This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sakasana United Methodist Church, October 31st, 2021. The message is, Extravagant Generosity is an Expression of Your Heart, based on 2 Corinthians 8, 16-24, and John 3, 16. Let us pray. Loving, gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for your presence with us this morning. As we come and listen to your word, oh God, we ask that you would give hope to the hopeless. You would give joy to the depressed. And you would give the weak the strength that they need each day, each moment. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Open our hearts and minds to your life-giving, life-transforming word. All this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So after the wedding ceremony, during the reception, the bride and the groom were dancing together. The bride looked into the eyes of the groom and asked him, Do you love me, honey? You know I do, my dear, he replied. Then would you die for me? The bride asked, No, honey, mine is an undying love. (laughs) He answered. Wise answer, isn't it? When you love someone, it affects how you feel, how you think, and how you act. You always think about the person. You want this person to be happy. You want to spend time with the person. When you love someone, your mind shifts gear to accommodate their needs and their desires, their hopes. You change your priorities to align with them. You want to give them the best. You would see a future with the person and you want to invest in that future. You want to give your heart. That's what love does. I'm sure you saw the church sign as you enter the sanctuary. Does anybody remember what it says? It was also uh, in the video you watched. What does our church sign say? Speak up. Love is a verb, true love, but I don't remember the rest. <laughs> yes, you're you almost there. <laughs> love is an action verb, and true love gives its heart. True love gives its heart. I, I invite you all to memorize this if you can. Love is an action verb, true love gives its heart. Yes, true love give its heart. It was several weeks ago, I was pulling over my car near uh, McDonald's to check out my text messages. And a middle-aged man uh, approached my car window and asked, Sir, I, I didn't need anything today. Can you please give me a couple of boxes so I can buy something to eat? You know, I don't usually carry uh, cash with me, but that day there was a $5 bill in my car 
and I gave it to him. He was just so thankful, and he, he ran into the McDonald to buy something. I've never met him, met him before. I know nothing about him, who he is, and where he's coming from. But I know that no matter who he is, he's part of God's family. It's not that I love him or something. I just did what I felt called to do at the moment. Friends, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You cannot love without giving. When you hear the word love, I don't know what comes to your mind. Perhaps your children, your spouse, your significant other, your friend. But can you imagine loving them without giving? Would it be possible to love them without giving? Without giving of your time, your service, your treasure, or your heart? Would it be possible? This morning I want to invite you to think of our God. A God who wants us to be prosperous, give us hope and future. A God who provides us with what we need and give everything what that we need to be his people. A God who gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a human being and gave himself up for us. A God who gives us his very heart. Love is who our God is and love is what our God does. And this love was most incredibly expressed by the giving of his only begotten son. In God, giving and loving are not separate words. The words loving and giving are scripturally synonymous. The first few words of the well-known passage from John, John's Gospel 3.16 states that the way God shows love for the world is by giving. God so loved that he gave. God has given the very best because God loves the world. Well, this is the, one of the first Bible verses I memorized as a child. You know, some people put this verse on a bumper or a refrigerator or even on their face, right? It's a wonderful thing to memorize this verse and put that close to us as a reminder of God's love, what God has done for us. But friends, I want to invite you to think about this question. What is your relationship to, the, to this verse? How has this verse shaped your relationship with God? How has this verse shaped the way you love, you give? How did it shape? Our giving up time, money, talent, which is what we call the stewardship, Right? Our giving up time, money, talent is our continuing response to the abundant grace of God we experience through the Jesus Christ. Our stewardship, our giving should move toward reflecting that love modeled in Jesus Christ. Friends, people give a 
for a variety of different reasons. They give for altruistic reasons. Anytime you ask someone, you know, why did you give to a, a, a charitable cause? And this, the typical response is, you know, I just want to help. I just want to help others. It makes me feel good. People also give for reciprocity. A charity sends you a little gift, right? Like the address labels or calendar. And the norm of the reciprocity dictates that you send something back to them in exchange. That's how we are taught to do as part of this culture. Cultural reciprocity. The social psychologists who study what motivates people to give explain that social pressure might be playing a significant role in giving. Now you are put on the spot and you don't want to be, you know, you don't want the person at the door to think that you are a selfish person for not wanting to help a children's hospital. It's a situation, situations like that where social pressure probably plays an important role in giving because people tend to feel uncomfortable saying no to others' face. You know, we give for different reasons, for different motives. However, whether we give with a glad heart, with a grudge, with hesitance, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in the lives of others. Remember the story of an impoverished widow in the gospel? A widow in the first century Palestine means to live on the margins of the society. It meant that she had no safety net, no social security benefit, no pension to draw from, no social status to hide behind. She was on her own. She was vulnerable in every single way that mattered. All she had was two mites. She walked up to the temple treasury and put in all she had. It was two mites, the very smallest bronze of copper coin, which was a half penny in value. What was she thinking when she decided to give? Did she feel kind of social pressure? Did she feel a sense of responsibility? Did she feel it was an expectation of the temple that even she, poor widow, must contribute to the temple, even if it's all she had? Did she fear a rebuke or shame if she didn't give? We don't know exactly where, what her situation was and what she was thinking. Even if Scripture doesn't tell us about her motive, we can at least see where her act of sacrificial giving is located in the first century Judaism. If we go back a couple of verses in the gospel, you will find Jesus warning his listeners about the temple scribes, the leaders of the Judaism, those who held high honor in the institution of the temple. Jesus says they like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor and banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. In the very next passage, we find a widow giving all she had to an institution whose leaders devour widows' houses. 
How would you interpret this story? What does this story tell us about how we give? Traditionally, the story of widow's might was often drawn on to say something like this. If a poor widow can give all she had, how can we, who are comparably wealthy by comparison, not give much more? The way this gospel story played out in Christian tradition turned the widow's sacrificial giving into yet another item for the Christian's to-do list, perhaps generating a sense of guilt, but not doing more, not giving enough. I believe the point of this story is not just about doing more. The story teaches us how we are called to give as the children of God, as the steward of God's kingdom. Friends, we are called to give out of love. We are called to give out of love. Not out of sense of obligation, not out of grudge, not out of social pressure. It has been said that there are three kinds of givers. I'm sure you've heard, heard this before. Grudge givers, duty givers, thanks givers. Grudge givers say, I hate to give. But duty givers say, I am forced to give. Thanks givers say, I want to give. Going back to the story, we're still not sure about what the widow thought of as she gave all she had, whether she was a grudge giver or a duty giver or thanksgiver. In a sense, it's up to the reader of the scripture. But everything we do in our Christian life, especially giving offering, is a response to an outpouring, outflow of God's love and grace. It's a confession that all that we are, all that we have, is from God. And what we have, what we received, we return to God for the work of his kingdom. It's an expression of our love for God who first loved us. And that's what it means to be a steward of God's kingdom. So faithful stewardship always begins with a clear, healthy understanding of our money and resources especially how our sense of ownership emerges in our lives. Ownership emerges with time. The more you spend time with it, the more it becomes part of yourself. Ownership emerges in self-investment. In other words, by spending energy and effort in something, you come to feel greater ownership. Whether it's our resource or even our ministry, we have held for a long time, and we might claim them as mine, as if it originally belonged to me or belonged to us. But it's actually what God has entrusted us with us for some time. Friends, God so loved us that God gave everything that we need to live as his people. God has given us even his only begotten son. And as the children of God, we are also called to give out of love. When we give, we allow God to transform us within to help us to take on the very nature of Christ. 
And through the, through the act of giving, God reveals the reality of himself to the world, loving by giving. So my brothers and sisters, let us give out of love. The story of widow's might also teaches us to give out of trust. Whenever I read, read the story, I wonder what happened to this widow after she uh, gave all she had. Was she able to get some support from her neighbors, from the temple, from her community? Was she able to survive at all? Or did she die after that? I believe we don't have to guess what happened to this widow. She gave out of trust in the Lord who is the divine protector. They, she, gave, she gave out of faith in the Lord who is the divine provider. By giving what she had, she gave her whole self, whole life to the, to the Lord. Of course, it was a little thing. But through these little things, God worked. God's grace did break in. We, we still read this story in the gospel even after 2,000 years. This is the story that Jesus told. And we listen to this story still. Friends, look at this board. The field with um, the heart-shaped post-its. It's filled with your love for this church. It's filled with your hopes and visions for this church. And I want to read some of them uh, for you. Growth in our youth ministries. Continue to grow, welcome new members, praise God, serve our community. An increase in number of young families becoming members. Fill pews with the buzz of children. Expand our local mission project within the community. Amen. More mission work in the community. Pray, pray that parents bring their children. There are a lot more. I invite you to take a look after the service. They're all great hopes and visions for this church for our church at Sakasana UMC. And thank you for sharing. Friends, what can you do to make these hopes and visions possible? What would be one thing that you can do to make this a reality? Think about that. Let me ask you a quick math question. There were um, 100 penguins that were sitting on ice. 50 decided to jump into the ocean. How many penguins would still be left on the ice? 50? What do you think? The 50, 50 penguins are left, correct? No. 
No. Why? Because deciding is not committing. There are still 100 penguins left. They decided, but they didn't jump in yet, right? It's not about deciding, friends. It's about making a commitment. When you make a commitment, give out of love and trust, your giving will support the mission of this church, local and global. It's going to make a difference in the lives of those who need God's love, God's message that God still loves them, that God still takes care of them. The shared giving we commit to the United Methodist Church support the victims of natural disasters, black colleges, African universities. Your giving will support the leadership of this church, maintain this beautiful space for our worship and fellowship. Your financial giving enables this church to continue to touch and transform the hearts and lives of many people of all ages. During this stewardship program, we seek to make a deeper commitment in terms of giving of our time, talents, treasure, our money. Again, the question is not merely whether our church needs more money to do certain things. More fundamental question for us is whether we are faithful enough to give a portion for the work of the Lord. The question is, we are loving enough to give. Our giving is about loving the Lord. It's about loving his church, the body of Christ. Friends, you can give without loving, but you cannot give without giving. When you love, you will give of your time, give of yourself, give of your heart, those who truly love hold nothing back. The measure of your giving reveals the measure of your love. Because love is something that we cannot see, but we can see the evidence of love and the action it produces, which is giving. This morning, as we make a deeper commitment to Christ, I invite you to prayerfully consider what God is calling you to do in your commitment to financial giving. Especially, um, I'm sure you all received this um, yellow commitment card. I invite you to prayerfully consider what God is calling you to do to make these hopes and visions a reality in the year of 2022 and beyond. Let us continue to love our giving, friends. Let us give out of love and out of trust. Amen.